Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. Cofield and Company, Nate Crackman is with us from Altitude Sports Radio. I want to do a Broncos preview today, but this is a really interesting week in your neck of the woods for college football. My mm-hmm. Lord, I looked up and I see the Air Force-Colorado line, and I, at first I was like, wait, Colorado's laying seventh? This is terrible. I was ready to bet Air Force, and, you know, I'm blind. I can't read. And I was like, Air Force, and I like Air Force a lot. But Air Force is laying 17 against CU. Yep. Yep. Air Force is really good, and CU is really not good, um, as anybody could have seen in the way that Carl Durrell coached that second half against TCU last Friday night in the way that that game closed out. No, the Buffs are awful. Uh, I mean, their, their win total this year was three and a half, juiced to minus 200 on the under, okay, when you took a look at them. It, tough schedule, but still, this is the University of Colorado we're talking about. And Air Force, Troy Calhoun brought back, I think, eight starters on the offensive side of the ball, seven starters on the defensive side of the ball. They were a top 20 scoring defense in the country last year. Offensively, number one rushing offense, which isn't stunning for Air Force, but between their quarterback, Zeke Daniels, and their lead back, Brad Roberts, that's as good a one-two punch as I have seen at Air Force in a really, really long time. Um, no, I would. T- I was telling anybody that would listen, over eight and a half wins this year for Air Force. I think that team is really good. That's that They got 10 wins written all over them. They can win the Mountain West Conference this year. Um, Troy Calhoun's got upperclassmen on in the trenches on both sides of the ball. They're really good and I mean, people don't realize how down the University of Colorado is. You know, you hear that brand and you think, oh, yeah, 1990s, Cordell Stewart, Rashawn Salam, national champions. Hey, what, what a great brand. University of Colorado football. They've had two winning seasons in 16 years. All right. They're bad. They're, they're, they're a bad program. I don't think Carl Durrell is going to be there much longer. Um, they got killed in the transfer portal. They already had the 129th ranked offense in the country last year, Steve. And then they lost their lead running back and their lead wide receiver. Yeah, they're they're not good. Um, and, and, and around this part, we've just we've, we've been chalking this up as a win for Air Force since we saw the schedule come out. So, yeah, 17. It sounds about right. So when I talk about Nate's neck of the woods, Denver, uh, college football might get a little bit of shine on Sports Talk Radio, but it's the Broncos. It's the Broncos 24-7, year-round. So Russell Wilson getting this big extension must have been massive news. And you know what? For, if I'm a Broncos fan, I am fired up. Hey, the organization's got the money. Now I got my quarterback locked up for six or seven years. I mean, when you talk about what they have been over the last six years, um, ever since Peyton Manning left, although Peyton was bad at the end too, the the quarterback situation's been an absolute disaster. They funneled between Trevor Simeon and missing on Paxton Lynch in the first round and Case Keenum. What the hell was that, John Elway? And then Joe Flacco. They draft Drew Locke in the second round. Um, don't like him, so they throw Teddy Bridgewater in there. Assorted names thrown in along the way. Don't forget Kendall Hinton in the COVID game uh, against New Orleans when all four quarterbacks couldn't follow the protocols properly. Now they have Russell Wilson. You add on top of that the the ownership change. The Bolin family squabble was so embarrassing uh, and, and, and just gross for everybody involved. This is the best possible situation. The Broncos have the richest owner um, in the entire NFL. So 
The resources are there. The energy is back in the building. I think George Payton is a pretty damn good general manager. Um, I don't love every move that he has made so far, but um, I like a lot of them, including going to get Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett. Hey, jury's out. Let's let's see how this works with a brand new head coach. Uh, but in the very least, this is a guy that embraces the offensive side of the football and being aggressive and living in the year 2022, unlike Vic Fangio. Um, the results so far in terms of clock management and game theory and everything else that we saw in the preseason was good, even though they didn't play anybody. So hopes are high for Hackett. Now it's, okay, can Wilson drag along a couple of underachieving skill position guys in the last couple of years? Cortland Sutton getting healthy. Jerry Judy's been a disappointment so far. K.J. Hamler coming off a huge ACL. They don't really have anything at tight end. Uh, But this could be a 10-win team. This year, this absolutely could be a playoff team. This is the first time we have said this since Peyton Manning was running the show. I look at the team, I'll point out a couple of uh, Achilles heels on offense. Is there an issue at right tackle? Because the Raiders have an issue at right tackle. It sounds like the Broncos do as well. Yep. Uh, so, so they're hoping that Billy Turner is going to be healthy enough to be able to start the season. Hackett had him in Green Bay. He's a Hackett guy. Um, right tackle, I, I think, jumps out as the, the biggest question mark on the offensive side of the ball. Really, from, from right guard over, they're pretty solid. They got Quinn Miners, who Peyton used a third-round pick on. Cushenberry at center, who Russ seems to really like. Dalton Reisner was a second-round pick a couple of years ago at left guard. And Garrett Bowles. Uh, was awful his first couple of years in the league, and he couldn't stop holding. Seems as like uh, he's he's figured things out a little bit, but yeah, right right tackle that is uh, that's a big time question mark on that offense. Do and another, to, do you want me to tell you what the other weaknesses are? We we can just keep running through it. You doing tight end next? Well, I, I know tight end. Obviously, they don't have names there. Um, I actually the other one I wanted to bring up, but I don't know if it's going to be a weakness or not because the Raiders are doing the same thing. I'm always a little leery when the head coach is a coordinator and, you know, with Hackett's background, he wants to call the plays and they say it's going to be a collaborative effort, but that would be one of the things I might worry about a little bit. Yeah, I'm not that worried about that. Uh, Again, like, dude, we're coming out of Vance Joseph and Vic Fangio. All right. We we are (laughs) coming from uh, just a a group of guys, a couple of guys there that were, that were both defensive coaches. Uh, Vic Fangio was a guy last year that just tried to play four corners offense and eat clock and hope that his defense and his special teams were going to somehow steal games. Um, You you know, the, the defense was uh, on the field for the least amount of possessions of anybody in the NFL last year. Like, uh, yes, I, I, I do sometimes question that particular stack when it comes to what the roles are for the head coaches. But um, Nathaniel Hackett has got to be better than than Vic Fangio, a glorified defensive coordinator who is absolutely lost in the role of being a head coach. And there's no way that Hackett is going to be any worse than Pat Shermer calling plays. Uh, so we'll take <laughs> Nate Crackman, Altitude Sports Radio. We're getting the uh, Denver Broncos preview uh, another one of the teams in the division you know expected to be up there nine ten wins and compete for a playoff spot that's really all four organizations defensively just loaded with big names young guys potential superstars who's the best player on the defense and then talk about if there is a weakness on d what is it Best player on the defense is Patrick Sertan, the second, the rookie cornerback out of, or excuse me, second year cornerback out of Alabama, rookie a year ago. He was all rookie last year, had a four interception season. Uh, The dude has only gotten better 
Um, in 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 this past off season, he was dominant in training camp. Uh, Patrick Sertan's got all pro kind of stuff. Like people are already talking about Champ Bailey comparisons when they take a look at Patrick Sertan. This guy's got a good chance to be able to take away half the field. And I think in a couple of years we could be talking about him with Jalen Ramsey and Jair Alexander as maybe the best cornerback in the entire league. Tack that into the secondary with Justin Simmons, their safety. Um, the Broncos are really good in their secondary. Very experienced. It is absolutely the strength of their defense. Um, my two biggest question marks on that side of the ball, middle linebacker and pass rush. But let's start with the biggest one is pass rush. Uh, Bradley Chubb didn't have a sack last year. Um, Randy Gregory has 16 and a half career sacks. And the Broncos are spending big time money on those two. In fact, those two are taking up 20% of the payroll that is being spent on the defensive side of the ball. And neither of them have shown the ability to be consistent at all. Chubb hasn't had double digit sacks since his rookie season. And Randy Gregory um, coming off of shoulder and knee surgery this off season, had a weird divorce with the Cowboys and always seems to be able to figure out a way to not be on the field. Look, if those two dudes are healthy and productive, coupled with that secondary, this can be a top 10 defense by DVOA in the NFL. Um, if that pass rush underwhelms, then you're hoping the secondary is going to be able to keep them in games. Um, and you're certainly hoping that Russell Wilson's going to be able to score 28, 30 points, something we haven't seen in these parts in a long time. Middle linebacker, um, I, I don't love what the Broncos have done there. They committed to Josie Jewell, who's, you know, he's okay. Um and they, they didn't address that particular position in the draft, which was surprising to a lot of people around here. They're not great at middle linebacker, but also they're going to be in nickel and dime most of the time. So hopefully they can get by with what they have. That draft class, do they have someone who's going to break out and get a lot of playing time? I don't think so. Not not really. You know, Nick Benito uh, was their second round pick. Remember, they only had a, a late second rounder because uh, because of everything they moved to go and get Russell Wilson. So Nick Benito, to me, is a depth pass rusher and a guy that um, I, I think right now is the best fourth on the depth chart after Chubb and Gregory and Baron Browning, who they moved to the outside. Dulcich is the third-round tight end. Greg Dulcich out of UCLA. He's had a hamstring. He hasn't played in the preseason. He has missed most of training camp, um, and he'll start the season on IR. So he's beginning the year behind the eight ball already. After that, depth guys all over the place. No, I, I don't really expect uh, much of a contribution out of this draft class. This is a Broncos team, really, Steve, that if they're going to win, they're going to do so – based upon a bunch of guys that have maybe underwhelmed so far in their career, finally turning into something with a combination of better coaching and better quarterback play. Nate Crackman, Altitude Sports Radio, as we're doing a Broncos preview. This first game on Monday, mm. easy? Uh, the number is as high as 6.5 now after sitting at 4.5 for most of the summer. Easy win? No. No, it, it's an easy. I mean, it's easy when you look at Russell Wilson versus Geno Smith as the quarterback matchup, right? Um, and it's everybody around here is looking at Seattle, going, "What the hell is wrong with you guys? How do you not just mend things with Russell Wilson? How do you decide that this is the better way to go?" Um, that that's a huge mismatch in Denver's favor. But there's a bunch of other things at play here. Pete Carroll knows what he's doing. A little bit. And he has got a long established identity on that football team and knows exactly what his team is going to be. I think they were smart to go with Geno Smith here in the early going of the season. I think eventually Drew Locke will play, uh, but Locke was terrible 
in training camp in the preseason. Every report was negative about him. Geno Smith has a mastery of the offense. Quite frankly, it's very similar to the Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke situation that we had a year ago. Defensively, Seattle's not bad. Not great. But they're not bad. And we're talking about a Broncos team that has to go on the road, breaking in new systems and all of those kind of things. No, that six and a half number, I th- that is 100% narrative driven to me on the quarterback thing that the Seahawks have been going through and isn't about actually where these two organizations are at here at the moment. I think it's a tough game for Denver. You mentioned 10 wins early in the convo. That is their season win total, over under 10. I've also seen some fan-driven sites with uh, write-ups. One fella picked the Broncos to go 12-5, and win the division. Another fella had them going 14-3. and So does that mean that I should go for the alternate win total of 11 and even go over that at plus 190? No. Okay. I wouldn't do it. Nope. <laughs> Quick answer. <laughs> nope. I wouldn't do it. Uh, ten, 12 and 5, ten, four, four, one other guy said 14 and 3. Come on. 11, it's easy. No? Oh, yeah, no. It, it's yeah, rip, ripping off 14 victories in the NFL. Hey, no problem. Yeah, no. Russell Wilson, brand new offense, that whole kind of thing. No, th- this, look, it, to me, the Broncos are a huge question mark. I, I look at their first three games Seattle, Houston. I know the Texans stink, but Lovey Smith, he's not brand new to this whole thing. Davis Mills can. He can at least drive the golf cart a little bit for the Houston Texans. Um, Denver should win that game at home. And then San Francisco, yikes. Look out for the Niners. Um, Now, again, the the Trey Lance question uh, to be answered and all that kind of thing. But they got Jimmy Garoppolo back, and that team is absolutely loaded. No, front half of this schedule is uh, challenging for Denver. And uh, the second half only gets that much more brutal. But... A lot of very winnable games that are staring at them on their schedule are happening early on in the year where I think Denver is still going to be coming together. Uh, Hackett didn't play anybody in their preseason. Look, I I think the Broncos are good. I, I think they're a long way from what they have been, but they were very down, and their division is absolutely brutal, as I'm sure you guys talk about every single day when it comes to the Raiders. Um, I, I'm not ready to overrate what the Broncos are about to be. They're a wild-carded best kind of team in a brutal AFC. Awesome job, Nate. Before we get you out of here, let's go back to the beginning of the conversation. Your uh, Mountain West weekly football show. Tell people how they can find it. Uh, yeah, the MW.com um, is where you find that. And plus it airs all over the Mountain West footprint, including right there in Las Vegas and our fine folks at Lotus Broadcasting, who we appreciate and love. Nate, thank you so much. We'll talk to you. Of course, Steve. Thank you. From Altitude Sports Radio in Denver, that's Nate Crackman. Awesome giveaways and promotions all week long at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. I need to work my ankles. You, you got certain things that are, we're, we're all like, it's, our body is so symmetrical, right? You got your wrists, you know, and then you, what are your wrists on the bottom half? Your ankles, you know, and you got your shoulders up top. What are your shoulders? Your hips, you know what I'm saying? You got your elbows. What are your elbows? Knees. Your knees, right? Like, so uh, it's symmetrical and you just got to work different parts. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. That was like another Dr. Dre, Draymond Green. Oh, what? Expert in kinesiology. Uh, that is 2022 Comeback Player of the Year, Jameis Winston. Oh, boy. Now I know what to expect over the next couple of days 
Willie and Adam Hill tomorrow running things on Cofield and company. They'll make their NFL predictions today at about 420 because we go out at 5 now on Thursdays for Thursday Night Football. Bills and Rams on the way here at Silver 7. 77 cent beers during NFL games the rest of the season. That's an awesome special. But, yeah, I would expect some sort of Saints love in your picks. I don't know what you're picking. I don't know what our Super Bowls are going to look like. I hope they're not chalky. I oh, fear, they're not. I, I, fear they're, I fear that some of us get kind of chalky. Use no imagination because things will change in certain areas with certain teams, and there will be some teams that rise up and surprise people and make the playoffs. Yeah, everybody saw the Bengals making it to the Super Bowl last year, right? <laughs> like Things like that happen all the time. The Rams yep. were a team that, that were up there in the odds and the predictions, uh, but nobody saw the Bengals making the run that they did in making it. You're right. It happens every single year, which is why I'm never afraid. So for our, our NFL guide over at VSIN, every year my picks are like funky. I think last year I had Browns, Packers in the Super Bowl. You know, like why one, why not? They're straight up picks for a prediction. Who cares if you get it wrong? I'd rather be the guy who gets told, Oh, you picked the Browns in the Super Bowl than one of ten people who picked the same team to get to the Super Let's Bowl. Let's do Chiefs Rams every year. Right. All right. I like well, my exotic. Well, well with that in place, we'll see what we have in about an hour. Everyone every year waits for the Cofield and Company picks and we do them and then they disappear into the ether and the only person who remembers them is Willie. If he does well. No, we're gonna keep him. We're okay. going to keep track of them. All right. I got, them all I, 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 got, I got mine all written down. They'll all be on email. Good. So we can look them up. Uh, Gabriel Davis tonight. Gabriel Davis, wide receiver for the Bills, wearing some interesting cleats. You have a, you had a good question during the break when I was showing to you. You're like, can he wear them? I don't know what the No Fun League does anymore in terms of rules right. on cleats. I would assume that they're open to players wearing different cleats, especially this one. Um, I'm actually surprised he went with the show because I don't know that the show is that well-known. I know it. I've seen it. Peaky Blinders. Right. So he's got cleats that were hand-painted by someone with Peaky Blinders. I feel like, yeah. Like, that's cool. Well, Wait, I mean, it's I, like I showed, a mob I, show, right? I, yeah. Okay. Basically, it's uh, kind of a mobbed-up family in the U.K. 1915 through, I don't know where they are now, early, right. early 1930s. It's pretty gritty. So is he saying he's going to whack the Rams tonight? I don't know. <laughs> I just it would seem as so because there's a lot there's a lot of murder in that show. I, I, I a lot like, of hits, a lot of brutal and the brutal violence. So I get it behind the show. Like I know what the show is. I've never watched it. I've heard good things. It's been on. It's been on my list. You know what I mean for a really long time. Um, but I don't really feel like Killian Murphy in like a picture of him <laughs> like running around on an NFL field. <laughs> kind of weird. A little bit, or maybe. Oh, wouldn't it be dope? Is the show over? Or do they have a new no, season? I think, I think there's another season on the way. I think. Conspiracy. Peaky Blinders paid Gabriel Davis to put them on his cleats as advertisement for the new season. You see this, you're like, what's Peaky Blinders? I'll search that. I think they just finished six, and there's a seven on the way. You give it a shot, you're in. It's a pretty good advertisement. Maybe not. Maybe June 19th. Why won't there be a Peaky Blinders 7? I don't know. i got to catch up on my Peaky Blinders. Maybe it's just an ad. Makes sense. Just got a little money for it and just put it on there? Makes sense. Uh, you know, we've been tracking a lot of handicappers, and John's really good at this stuff, too, picking games, and we'll give out our Bills-Rams pick. Closer to uh, kickoff is Brad Powers will be in on college football at 440. Ralph Michaels, respected guy, 
does a lot of work with numbers. Actually worked with Brad, you know, for years with uh, Phil Steele. He had a note the other day. Division home dogs are 79% ATS. 65% straight up. It applies this week to Falcons plus 3.5 against the Saints. Texans at home plus 7 against the Colts. Vikings plus 1 against the Packers. Will you jump on any of those dogs? What are they again? Falcons plus 3.5 against the Saints. Texans plus 7 against the Colts. Vikings plus 1 against the Packers. I think that number, that Falcons number, is that down to 3.5? I looked it was 5.5. I don't know. I might have misread the number when uh, I looked at it this morning. Regardless, um, Vikings are a team that I've already supported. So, yeah, I'll get down on this. It won't be because of the trend itself. I think you can talk yourself into it like it makes sense. I would ask what the sample size is because it's easy to throw out whatever it is, what, 72%. But, like, if it was like, it hit at 72% last year. Like, right. Okay. By the way, Falcons is plus five and a half. Yeah, so, okay. So a lot better than getting three and a half. Yeah. Um, I think it makes sense given, uh, given divisional rivalries, changes in the year, new faces, all that kind of stuff, right? A lot of people still handicapping what they saw last, which was a season ago. So it would make some sense in that regard. Um, but, yeah, I'm in on the Vikings. I teased them up. I'm not going to bet one and a half. I will take all three. Okay. I will take Texans. the Falcons. I will take the Falcons, Falcons plus five and a half, Texans plus seven. And I don't love that the Vikings number is going down. But I'll take it. It's been, it's been as some say, toggling. All right. Like one and a half, two. I'm in, Ralph. Teaser like. Get Not just one. because it's Ralph. I just. Those games are attractive to me. Tease the, tease the Vikings up to seven and a half. Add another leg. Boom. You're cooking. Cooking with fish grease. Or no, hotter than fish grease is the other term. Cooking with the fire. I don't know. Coming up, more picks for the season here on Cofield and Company, and we're going to try to track down uh, Sean Merriman, former Charger, later in the hour. I do love going to the beach, but I don't need them. Uh-huh. And I like barbecue, but I'm going to say this. This Raiders win the AFC West. Their defensive additions, their running back room, their quarterback is ripe. And I think on our first show, I tried to argue that he could be a top five quarterback in Derek Carr. And I'm sticking with it. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Jamie Erdahl, who's now the host of uh, GMFB. So all the screaming and yelling there was her looking at hats. What they did was they had hats laid out on the table earlier Mm -hmm. in the week to make picks for each division. And she was going through them. She's like, well... Chargers, the beach, I like that. And, you know, I like barbecue too, but no Chiefs. And then she grabbed the Raiders hat. And there's a lot of Raiders. Ah! There you go. There's a lot of Raiders stands on that show, so they went freaking crazy. So she says, as a lot of people are saying, that Derek Carr is going to have a breakout season. And her pick is Raiders to win the AFC West. I think there's only one guy on the show who may pick the Raiders to win the division. Yeah. So John and I will make our picks today at 420. And then Willie and Adam are along tomorrow. Only one person, I think, will give them the nod. Take, take a guess. Who's always glass overflowing guy on the show? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should I say something really quickly? Because Jamie. We've got plenty of time. You can say it as slow as you'd like. Uh, Jamie Erdahl's playoffs in the AFC. Uh, okay. they, did, they did not include. Okay. I was like, What's, uh, what happened? Oh, you responded by speaking slowly. Uh, they did not include the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, really? So, so, like, the Kansas City Chiefs did not make the playoffs in her, you know, her playoff prediction. 
Um, everybody really likes to be persecuted, right? Everybody loves to be like, oh, no, nobody believes in us. There was this thing from Kansas City Chiefs Twitter like two days ago that was like, media's talking us down. Nobody believes us anymore. And it was like, who? Like, Jamie Rudolph and Bart Scott. And it was like, okay, it's two people. They're the favorite to win the division, the second choice to win the Super Bowl. Shut up. They're awesome. I mean, it's good for Twitter material and especially for Chiefs fans to believe it. So dumb. But you also realize that in a lot of cases when people are making picks, they're doing it to troll. They're doing it for effect. We are doing it for real. Right. I would never troll. That's never. really what they did was they leaned on oh, yeah. Jamie and Bart, and they're like, world's against us. I saw Wait, like Eric Eager retweeted one of the articles. He's like, you guys got to stop doing this. Somebody responded just two words, Bart Scott. <laughs> it's like, who cares? The betting market says otherwise. Every single person and their mother says otherwise. Do I get after Bart Scott and Han? Not really. Not that I think of. No, no I'm just... I was listening to our station this morning, which is running their show. Oh, okay. And, and I swear to God, Bart Scott said the Jets-Ravens-Joe Flacco against the Ravens spot is one of the biggest games of the year. And I'm like, I'm a Jets fan. When I go out to whatever bar I will go out to on Sunday, if the Ravens and the Jets aren't on one of the TVs, I will not walk up to the bartender and ask for the game. What? Out of respect for the rest of the place. No, you got to ask for it. If there's not enough TVs to cover eight or nine games, how many? I don't even know how many early games there are this week. It's got to be nine, quite a right? Bit, yeah. If there's not enough TVs, it's really four. I don't games. ask. That's ridiculous. You got to ask. I mean, it is. It is ridiculous on my part as a Jets fan that in game one I'm like, whatever. That's a, they could win that game. Yeah. yeah like, am I? Am I really? Can so they the, with Joe the Flacco a quarterback? Yes, I think their skill position. You know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Skill I mean, I'm excited to see what they've got. Great. Let's not get too fired up. For, okay, for where they were at. Has a lot of upside. Right. Okay, that's a better they've way they've got to a lot it. of young guys. Has upside. It hasn't really had upside the last couple of years. They have the offensive rookie of the year favorite, Brees Hall. They have a decent offensive line, even with the loss of Beckton. Dwayne Brown's a solid, you know, uh, band-aid. Well, let's, well, solid. By, by the way, solid. during... During the break, check on the status of Dwayne Brown. That's a good point. Because um, uh, we don't know what's going on now. There's right. a mystery injury. Um, Lovely. That's why I don't want to get into this. No. The sec- then the then I'm doing what I was just getting on them for doing, which is talking Jets. We're on local, but talk in, in Vegas, but talking Jets nationally. Stop doing it. Cornerback room's much better than it was last year. I think that's some pretty good the pass other, rushers. The other revenge spots with the quarterback going against his old team. Carson Wentz and the Jags, too. Okay. But <laughs> Baker Mayfield and the Browns. And Russell Wilson against the Seahawks. Those are real stories. Ugh. Joe Flacco, nine years. I mean, when did? What are we looking at? Five years ago now? Four years ago yeah, now? Then Lamar like that, Jackson yeah. took over. Yeah. Like Joe Flacco wasn't screwed out of the job. Well, it doesn't matter. Who cares? I don't care about the. Not Joe even Flacco. the starter for the. Well, I was gonna say I don't even it's care not about like this the, glorious comeback. I don't care you about the Joe Flacco the angle at all. I'm just more interested because I do think the Jets are much improved. All right. And I, I, well, thank you. I'm very curious to see what the receiverless Baltimore Ravens and an offense. Wow. Ronnie Stanley just barely came back to practice a day ago, two days ago. Right. I, I trust they, in the Ravens' style, but you're right. Stanley is not going to be 100. percent And my God, what are they doing to Lamar Jackson with this receiving core? <laughs> exactly. You tell me that's not a winnable game. I don't think it's a winnable game. I'll, no. I'll take you, you. So what do you, uh, you want to do a bet here? I have to bet against my own team. Do you think they cover a seven? 
Because I think they do. I'm, I'm, I, they're on my very short right. list uh, for contest plays. I'll lay the seven. All right, let's do. We'll, we'll, we'll do we'll, that. We'll bet come then. up with a bet. Right. We'll come up with a bet during the break. Give we got to. We got to. We got to make sure we we lock these down and and they're spoken correctly. And the terms are laid out. Make sure it's all in the up and up. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. You know, week one is. It's always interesting. You don't know really what you're going to get. You know, obviously teams go into an offseason and they make adjustments. So you can watch the film, but there's obviously going to be changes. Um, but I feel like it just, you know, you got to focus on fundamentals and just focus on the details, um, not letting the game get too big. Just focus on your job and uh, uh, be at your best every snap. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. What a weekend in L.A. Bills Rams tonight. Chargers hosting the Raiders. That was Max Crosby on the way back talking to Q from Raider Nation Radio. I'm excited for this spot. Former Charger Sean Merriman is up with us. Are you at the airport right now? What's going on? No, no, no. no. I'm actually, uh, I am here in L.A., okay. but uh, back in Vegas tonight. Oh, okay. All right. All right, well, let's talk about this weekend. We'll get to uh, Chargers, Raiders here in a second, but we got first big game. A lot of Bills fans uh, going cross country to go to face the Rams. Are you surprised the Bills are a favorite in this one? Seems kind of disrespectful to the Rams. Uh, well, look, they are the defending champs. I get that. And they got some tremendous players. But just the way the Buffalo Bills have stacked that team during the, you know, during the offseason, brought back all their key pieces, um, and they've built, I, I, don't, I don't think it's so much of a disrespect. Um, I just think it's more of a plot to how good Buffalo is this year. Is Von Miller going to be worth all that money when he's not playing around Aaron Donald? Yeah, look, the truth of the matter is the reason why they paid him the money is because he can make big plays when it counts. You're not expecting Von Miller to go out and, and give you 60 great snaps. You're just not. But you're expecting him when third and long situations where they need a turnover, they need a big stop at the end of the game, he has the ability to go out there and make those plays. And sometimes people forget that when you pay an older guy uh, that money and somebody like Vaughn Miller. Also, too, he's a big attraction at Buffalo. Uh, I remember going out there, and I, I wasn't the same player I was, but I, you know, there was uh, Mario Williams and Kurt Morrison, Nick Barnett, all these guys ended up coming out there with me uh, because they, they, we made a great fit. Yeah, I'll tell you, he's an icon, Vaughn Miller. He had a, his pass rush camp. Uh, here in town, and, and and Max Crosby, we played coming in. I mean, like everyone was there. College kids were there, so I, I don't take anything away from Von Miller. I just, you know, I just asked because Aaron Donald has such an effect on other guys. All right, so give me some of your worries about the Rams. Uh, first of all, I, I'll say um, you don't replace an Andrew Whitworth like it's nothing, and that's a tough replace uh, effort uh, to you know to fill in for a guy who's an all-time left tackle. Yeah, first and foremost, Big Whit, man, he's one of the best to do it. Uh, outside of him being a phys- physical present, uh, what they're going to miss is that leadership, that voice, that huddle, uh, really to keep everybody poised in, in situations because he did it for so long. And if anybody knows Whit personally, man, he, he's one of the best guys to have around because uh, not only is he a great teammate, but he's a great leader for those up-and-coming young guys in that locker room. So he's going to be missed on that team. So when you look at the Rams, you mentioned the Bills, Sean, getting better in the offseason. Did the Rams do that, though? I mean, they did lose Whitworth, but you bring in a Bobby Wagner type. Uh, you bring in Allen Robinson. This looks like a team that could arguably be better than they were last year, too, no? 
No, no, absolutely. And especially in certain spots you just named. Uh, and, and Wagner, let me tell you, he's going to have a field day playing behind Aaron Donald. Right. I don't think he he never seen anything like that. And I can tell you, playing linebacker next to or behind anybody like Aaron Donald, you're going to have yourself a year. So they definitely got better in certain spots. But as far as putting up points, right? Yes, Cooper Cup is there. He's going to do his thing. Um, you know, they're going to they're going to miss Odell. I mean, they, they are they are going to miss Odell because Cooper Cup is is guy is, is the brand winner. But Odell was the guy who can stretch the field, who you can't double Cooper Cup with because you got you still had to respect Odell. So they have a couple spots in that offense that uh, that they didn't necessarily replace. So speaking of missing guys, how much do you think Josh Allen misses Brian Dable this year? Uh, big time, big time, and, and you know just just about this. Uh, Josh Allen, you know he's he's probably going to end up running for the you know be up for the MVP of the league this year. I do believe that he'll finish somewhere in the top you know top three. Um, but when you don't have that man, it's it's a it's a big hit to your offense and, and how um, how you guys operate right because certain certain things happen that that playbook changed drastically. Sean Merriman's with us on Cofield and Company. You know, we talk about the AFC West rivalries and, and different players from different eras sometimes are really passionate about, you know, the uh, the opponents over the years. Others don't care so much. Where are you with the Raiders as a former Charger? Oh, we, we have a love-hate relationship, mostly hate. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know what, I, I have friends and family that are, that are Raiders fans and always will be Raiders fans. Um, and so, you know, I, I find a way to deal with them. They, they're very passionate, uh, very a, a great fan base. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they, they support the squad. And they support the team. Um, there is nothing like a Raiders fan out here and how they are creative and how they can get aggressive and passionate for their, you know, for their team. Um, but, you know, they, they have a lot to root for, right? And, 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 and like one of the guys you just mentioned before, Max, Max Crosby, and I got a chance to, to see Derek Carr this offseason. Um, throwing the ball around a little bit to, to a couple wide receivers. Uh, it, it, he's just he's in a little shape. He looks good. I think he's going to go out and have a great year. Is McDaniel's going to be an above average coach? I believe he is, and he has to right because you can't be too bad when you have a dirt car back there. You're not trying to come and reprogram everything, but there is a, a, a bit of a simplified situation that's going to happen this year with McDaniels, McDaniels that they were was with, uh, with Gruden. Gruden came in, and I always say this about John Gruden, he will complicate a non-complicatable situation. Yeah. And he did just that. He put too much on the table for him. When you got a quarterback like Derek Carr, you let him go out and throw the ball and make plays. Don't put too much on the plate for the him and that offense to have to go and figure out. Well, McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, the GM over from the Patriots, certainly trust in their judgment of personnel because they're going into the season. They're paying Colton Miller on the offensive line and really no one else. They're the 31st highest paid offensive line in the NFL. Is that a risky move rolling out a bunch of dudes who are, you know, have been journeymen and you know, second and third year players to man this offensive line of this supposed powerhouse offense? The O-line's got to be good. They have to. And look at the division you're playing in. Uh, this this whole division is going to come down to being able to protect the quarterback. And if you can't protect the quarterback with these outstanding defensive ends and outside linebackers who can pass rush for days, you're going to have a problem. So I think the emphasis were just just as that, you know, protect the quarterback, give him time to throw. Because without without that, I've never seen a uh, even a great quarterback throw a, a good ball from his back. It's just not going to happen. 
John Merriman with us, former three-time NFL All-Pro. All right, so let's talk a little bit about your old team, the Chargers, because we've talked about this yesterday. Do you think that they did enough in the offseason to improve a run defense that was among the worst in the National Football League last year? I believe so. Um, and also, too, they, they got healthy. Um, they were banged up, especially interior uh, D linemen, and, you know, Kenneth Murray was down. And they, they had a bunch of issues last year where guys just wasn't there. Um, and then, like I said before, in this division, when you have powerhouse offenses, and especially guys who can run the ball, you have to be able to stop the run. You got great quarterbacks. You got J.C. Jackson back there. You have uh, safety and Derwin James. You got a great secondary. But guess what? They don't. They're not going to be used if you can't stop the run. So I got a, I got an opportunity to go to uh, at the training camp practices uh, about three weeks ago, and I worked with the outside linebackers, and I seen them up close. They they have a different squad this year. It's uh, it's definitely going to be a lot better than it was inside, especially on the in, interior side of that uh, defense. So when when Brandon Staley's defense has been analyzed, the phrase has been thrown out there quite a bit, Sean, inviting the run. When you watch them, do you see that? Because the tendency, I, I mean, from what I understand, you can speak to this obviously much better, inviting the run in sense of playing light boxes so that they kind of know to a certain extent what's coming at them. How much of that is Staley's defense and how much, how much of it contributes to how poor they've been against the run? Yeah, I, I, don't know if, uh, I don't know if inviting people to run is the right word <laughs> uh, because you, you, can, you can never do that and win football games, not in this league, especially um, – and I don't, I don't care how much they're passing the ball now, and the game has changed in that standpoint, but uh, if you're not stopping the run, it's going to be a long day for you. So I, I believe that they made those adjustments, just looking at them up close and personal and the emphasis that they put on stopping the run and, and guys holding a point of attack and be on that defense side of the ball. Uh, like I said, it's, it's going to be a different team this year, so I can't wait to see. Sean Merriman's with us on Cofield and Company. A little more on the Chargers here in a second. What's the latest with uh, Lights Out MMA? Yep, Lights Out Extreme Fighting. We're coming back here in a few months. Uh, we're going to start announcing dates here probably in the next few weeks. Uh, cannot wait to have a fight in Vegas. Uh, you know, obviously being a resident now and, and, and spending most of my time there. Uh, cannot wait to have a fight. There's a bunch of great fighters out there in Vegas. We want to give them a shot. So last year, Brandon Staley got a lot of criticism for aggression when it didn't work. I don't think people calculate how often it does work, and that's what you know made them super dangerous on offense. Where are you as a former player when you watch him make those calls, going for it on short forts, uh, you know, not punting often? Um, as a former player, what do you think? You know, you you can always point out that the times it's not successful, right? Um, I was at that game when at the uh, Raiders game at, at uh, the Raiders stadium when they went for it on the fourth down there on 20. Now, would you like to have that back? Yeah, probably. But if it works, <laughs> everyone's clapping and saying good job. So, um, you know, it's one of those things that you got to go with the momentum of the game. If you guys are moving the football and you just don't have to get stopped in three downs and you're still feeling good about what you got on the offense side of the ball, then you go for it. Um, you know, they got a great defense. They're going to be able to, to have a bend but not break mentality. Uh, it's just hoping that those guys all are on the same page when Coach Staley's making those decisions that everybody wants to go for it, and if something bad happens or it doesn't work out how we want it to, that we can still go out there and get the you know get off the field on defense. So going back to when you played in San Diego, uh, how bad was it? Or maybe you thought it was cool. What was it like when Raiders fans would invade Qualcomm? Oh, I hated it. Uh, I mean, you know. It's, 
it was you know it was actually worse because you can be watching the game and you know there's commotion and things behind <laughs> you, so you turn around and you look. Um, but you know it's not how you come in; it's how you leave, right? <laughs> you know, it's uh, right. it's one of those situations where you love the two passionate fan bases. We we obviously know that there's animosity there. There always will be animosity there. It's the Chargers and Raiders. It's not going to change. Not going anywhere. But then again, that's why you love these games. You love these games for that reason alone. So who's going to win on Sunday with the Raiders and Chargers? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Chargers. Obviously, not trying to be a homer, but um, I, I I've seen these guys up close. Uh, I went to the practice facility and then watched them practice a few times. But you know, I I do think that. Um, that they cannot walk in this game uh, and, and sleep on the Raiders. You know, the Raiders in certain, especially in certain positions, just not being talked about enough. I, I can't wait to sit back and watch Devontae Adams and, and, uh, and, and Derek Carter this year. I cannot wait to see what records they're going to set because they're going to do some numbers. Here's a real question. Chargers win total, Sean, is 10. they going over or under? Oh, over 10 wins. Okay. Over 10 wins. Will both the Raiders and Chargers make the playoffs? I believe so. Really? Yeah. So does that mean the Chiefs are out and the Broncos are out, or do you have three I, teams I, going from the AFC West? Look, I I'm going to I'm going to get some slack for this. I know the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. I understand. I get it. Um, Travis Kelsey's one of the best best tight ends of all time, but we have to see who's going to take take Tyreek Hill's spot and being able to stretch the field because that was such a big part of Patrick Mahomes' game for him to be able to create space, create distance stretch the field, and let Travis Kelsey make those plays underneath. If they can't find somebody that's going to stretch the field and, and teams decide to come and double-team uh, you know, Travis Kelsey under and, and then have him help over top, they might, they might have some problems. Also, on the defense side of the ball, they got some, they got some holes there. So they're going to have to go out and score 30, 32 to 34-plus points a game in order to come out with a win. Wow. All right, that's a good prediction. That's a bold prediction, and believe me, the Chiefs are going to use that. If uh, there's ten people around the country, you know, big name guys like you who are picking against the Chiefs to make the playoffs, are going to use that as you know us against the world because anything to motivate, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it won't be my first time being bulletin board material for sure. <laughs> so, um, you know, look, to be honest, this is the best division of football, the AFC West. I'm talking about. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. And you know, even even down to Russell Wilson, what what he's going to bring to that organization. You, you, every week at this point on, when they're playing each other, you don't have that traditional week off against anybody. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad all four organizations are really trying and building to try to win. Sean, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. There he is, Sean Merriman. All right, so Adam to the list. Three prominent people. Have picked against the Kansas City. Jamie Erdahl from yep. uh, Good Morning Football. Bart Scott. Bart Scott, and now Sean Merriman. Unbelievable. Former linebackers just hate the no, Chiefs. <laughs> no, just no respect. Oh, they'll use it. We know Derek Carr uses it, even though there was a little bickering early in the uh, in the training camp. Like, I don't do that. Uh, you do. Right. There are certain guys who like bulletin board material, and they like, you know, finding anything that feels like disrespect. Do you know uh, – do you, does the reference Tay Arnold do anything for you at all? The former Nickelodeon cartoon? I feel like Derek Carr, so one of the characters, Helga, had like a secret shrine in her closet. 
uh, dedicated to one of the play, one of the the main character, Arnold. She loved him, but she didn't want to say it. And it would be made out of different things: chewing gum, fruit, whatever it was. She always had this secret shrine. I feel like Derek Carr's got that, but with bulletin board material. Like you open up his closet, then you move the clothes back, and there's just like all these press clippings of just like anti Derek Carr stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love it. Silver sevens, great spot tonight to watch Thursday night football. It's a great spot to watch NFL in general during. The 2022 season into the playoffs. Every time there's an NFL game on, they've got 77 cent bottles of beer, Bud Light, Bud, Mick Ultra. They've got the two dogs, two chips, and a uh, big draft special for 777. And of course, it is the home of great gift giveaways. If you earn 2,500 points on Sundays with your A Play card, they've got a gift every Sunday for players. And on Wednesdays, the Gas card giveaway, the great gas card giveaway, 6 o'clock at night every 15 minutes until 10. $50 gas cards go out right here at Silver 7s.